tell your friends, the Mark and Max Show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max Show, cruising along, singing a song, back in the grind of sorts, I guess. <laughs> is this like a five-day work week, Mark? I I'm think sure. it is, This and this would be I the first confused. one in a while, yeah, so. <laughs> I know. Uh, we'll probably have to take a day off in the next day or two, just right. to keep, we got to keep things consistent. we got to pull the Johnny Carson work week. Like the way you're thinking. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, man, <laughs> Cracker Barrel was ordered to pay over $9 million um, to this guy that they nearly killed, yeah. okay? <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but if... Whatever you did to me causes me to worry every time I have to take a drink of water for the rest of my life, and it might hurt while it goes down. I don't know that $9 million is going to compensate. I don't know. It's a nice try, but $9 million may not be enough. Cracker, bell, cracker, cracker Barrel. <laughs> Could you just do this because I can't speak today? And cracker Barrel has been ordered to pay a man $9.3 million after he was accidentally served a liquid cleaning agent instead of water at one of their Tennessee stores. William Cronin, uh, he was dining at a Marion County Cracker Barrel in April of 2014 when he was allegedly served a mixture of the cleaning product EcoSan and water. After taking a few, a few sips of what he thought was water, a few, it took him a few sips. Mm. He immediately, right. it says, after a few sips, he immediately realized that it was not ice water, but was some chemical that caused a burning sensation in his mouth and esophagus. Uh, Cronin's attorney, Thomas Greer, says it's something that never should have happened. It was totally and completely 100% preventable, and the unsafe practices at the store had been going on for years. Uh, Cracker Barrel servers regularly used unmarked water pitchers to mix water and eco-sand together and then soaked parts of the soda machine in that mixture in order to clean them. Um, uh-huh. That's what they said. Yeah. He said on his company the, website. Yeah, There's no way that none of this makes sense, Mark. It none of know. it. You're going to tell me that you drink water your whole life. You're an old man. And now you all of a sudden have to take multiple sips before, quote, immediately knowing something's wrong. Right. If yeah. I drink gasoline, I know I'm not drinking water. Right. If You know what? As a matter of fact, Mark, if I drink iced tea, I know whether it's sweet or not. Exactly. You know? Yes. Now, I know as we get older, our taste buds die. But come on. How <laughs> old do you have to be to drink cleaning liquid that eats your esophagus and it still takes multiple sips oh, to immediately goodness. recognize you got a problem i don't know but but 9.3 million man come on the guy's trying to get 9.3 million out of cracker barrel i mean have you looked at their decorations yeah, what they charge look at their t-shirts and stuff they sell in there to keep while you're waiting for a table you yeah. can't buy that little toothpick thing but you can buy a picture over here for 800 dollars. yeah <laughs> liferadio.fm mark and mag show you know how mark uh, was at disney all last week mm-hmm. um if you didn't know we would tell you but you can you can look over the show prep stuff and go okay wait a minute mark sends this story about police <laughs> arresting elsa all right now i'm not a little girl or a little child but I even know who Elsa is, okay? When you talk about from Frozen, right? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of impossible. So how did yeah. police arrest Elsa as the prime suspect behind a winter storm? Well, after a snowstorm froze over the eastern portion of the United States, police in South Carolina, South Carolina released body cam footage showing the arrest of a well-known ice queen. The footage shows Elsa from Disney's Frozen uh, franchise reveling in the freshly falling snow that blanketed the scenery around her. Then she spots the cops and she runs. (laughs) (laughs) And of course the cops said, what? Freeze. And uh, (laughs) well, she she soon gave up the chase and said, come on guys, just let it go. Ugh. I don't write this stuff, I promise. Wow. No one was injured or severely uh, frozen, so says the Pickens, Pickens Police Department on his Facebook page. Her accomplice, the abominable, abominable snowman, is still at large. He was unleashed. Has He's unleashed more snow and ice. Help us find him. The department used the short parody to include a reminder for motorists to be safe on the roads while driving. 
If Olaf's not in it, I ain't watching it. <laughs> with you. <laughs> Considering how cold it's been in Florida lately, shouldn't they do this in Florida? LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Hopefully you're having a, a good day now that you're kind of back in the groove now, Mark. Did yeah. you when you guys went to Disney last week, I, you were kind of on a busy schedule. Like you had it mapped out, right? Like yeah. we're gonna get up, we're gonna look outside. We're going to see the rain, and we're still going to go forward. We're not going back to bed. We're not going to watch TV. We're going to get out here and do it. The things you do on vacation that yep. you wouldn't do at home. Oh, yeah. You're paying all this money to be there. It's yeah, And it's the dad thing. We talked about it before. Where yeah. You're spending all this money. You've got to be doing something. Mm -hmm. I don't care. We're going, we're going to find the last remaining mall in Florida and go yep. inside and shop. We're, we're to, to yep. do something. So, yeah, we did something every day. And Yikes. Yeah. But when you went to the park and it was raining, okay, and yeah. I mean this, were there were people like walking around with umbrellas or was everybody yes. like, do they allow umbrellas in the park? Yeah, they do. Oh, they I would think they'd make you like wear a hat and a poncho or something, no, you know, that they, umbrellas would be a little difficult to deal with going on the ride. Well, you, you're not going to take it, you know, unfolded on the ride. You fold it up. But, um, but yeah, you yeah. saw umbrellas. Most people were wearing uh, ponchos and some kind right. of hats, but you saw umbrellas from time to time, and mm. uh, and they sell <laughs> they sell ponchos in the shops yeah. and stuff like that, sure, because they know it's coming. So you've got the ears on it, so they can charge you a hundred dollars for it. You know, <laughs> it's got little pictures of Mickey on it. Yeah. So you all it is, it, yeah. you know what? This is a glad bag. Here, put this on your head. It pretty Here, much poke is. the holes for ventilation. It Unbelievable. Much is. If you know it's going to rain, go to Walmart and buy a cheap show first unbelievable i mean you buy one for three or four dollars at walmart it'll cost you 10 to 12 bucks at the at the park yeah in the park yeah isn't that crazy yeah i i've never quite grasped the idea on when you when you go to these places and it whether it's going to see a baseball game or a fun park okay yeah. You get inside, and they all of a sudden decide that not only are we charging you a billion gazillion dollars to come in here now, when you get thirsty, we're gonna really re we get hungry. Yes. We're going at we're gonna gut you. Yeah, we're gonna make true. this as miserable as we can for you financially. <laughs> I'm like maybe, and I'm just spitballing here. Maybe if you gave this some thought, you we could come back more than once and have even more fun and have a better. No, no, no. We want the one time a year you come here to hurt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i can figure i mean how does that marketing meeting work mark i know i know like, it's I, I think it's however much the market will bear you know yeah, we got a family of four coming in here all right that hamburger patty they can buy for a dollar it's ten dollars here right but we're gonna buy the stale buns okay here's what i want you guys to do i want you to go pick up go to every homeless shelter in the area and find the bread that is too stale for anybody there to eat. <laughs> yeah. Bring that back, and we're selling that for 10 bucks. Yeah, now you're talking about baseball games. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it's kind of like at baseball and football games. And you go to the concession stand, and it's like, is it legal to sell this? Is it really? Would, it's cold. <laughs> this hot dog is cold. Was it in space before it got here? Exactly. <laughs> what got me was uh, we walked by. Uh, a concessions cart at one point and i just i glanced and saw the price for a bottle a bottled coke you know those 20 ounce cokes you can buy for a that's like a buck and a quarter at a convenience store four dollars okay. and 59 cents mm. 459 for a bottle of coca-cola <laughs> i thought i'll just tip my head back and drink rainwater. thank you liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and failed to mention this mainly well just forgot about it till last night when ladonna goes hey do you guys still do a podcast right <laughs> ah, yes i just forgot to mention it i'm sorry that was her polite way of hinting hey you didn't mention this today yeah, you download the daily podcast wherever yeah. your podcasts come from okay right meanwhile there's a teenager breaking his own blindfold puzzle cube speed mm. record yeah now is this one of those things that makes me feel like I am on the short bus of life, Mark? Probably. Okay. A teenager participating in a Florida competition broke his own Guinness World Record for the fastest time to solve a rotating puzzle cube while blindfolded. I, that's a Rubik's Cube, if you haven't caught on already. Guinness World Records confirmed that Tommy Cherry, now that's a radio name. Coming up next, Tommy Cherry uh, solved a three by three Wait, by three. Yes. Followed by Johnny St. John. That's right. 
<laughs> and and John Michaels comes up after mm-hmm. him. <laughs> he solved a three by three by three cube in fourteen point six seven seconds at the World Cubing Association's Florida Fall twenty twenty one competition back in December. The the World Cubing Association. Just write that down. You'll need some time. Uh, he shaved point uh, six seconds off his previous record. He set that in August of twenty twenty one. He said, it feels amazing to have the world record. It was such a great moment when all the time and effort I've put in over the years finally paid off for the first time I broke the world record. That's what he told Guinness after he broke the record. He says he thinks he can break the record again. Quote, I still see room for improvement, so I want to try continuing to set records in 3 by 3 by 3 blindfolded. Uh, although I still have quite a sizable way to go, I eventually want to try for the world records for solving the 4 by 4 by 4 cube blindfolded and or the 5 by 5 by 5 cube blindfolded. You know, Mark, it's good to have goals, but really... <laughs> Oh, wait, the three by three by three. Nope. Four by four by four. <laughs> and I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I, if, if it, how big is it? If you can close your eyes and twist this thing, but you just memorize the pattern and then I can't do it. Okay. The only way I solve a Rubik's cube is peeling the colors off and gluing them on. That's it. But you know, these guys know the pattern. They can do it blindfolded. It's so fine. Oh yeah. I am a monkey with a red ball. I got you, but it doesn't make you smart or gifted to just be able to close your eyes and do it. <laughs> Well, you Unless can, you're peeking. Now, if you're peeking, then you got something going. Right. Well, you can spot this guy from a distance. He's he has no musculature. He's you know he's very pale. He never leaves the house. The only thing he's got going for him is he's got really nimble fingers. That's it. I mean, and his mom is changing the sheets every Saturday. <laughs> That's right. LifeRadio.fm. The Mark and Mac show where we talk about cars we'll never afford, places we'll never go. And you know what? I know one, you know, these YouTubers, Mark, that, uh, you know, back a couple years ago, Braylon, there were some shows on YouTube that were really good for little kids. Um, and you could find them. Uh, they, they're all kinds of different ideas on what's good for a child. Okay. And you can find a video that will actually help if you've got a child that has certain issues or things like that. Yeah. But you know, some of the videos on there are just, they're just nutty. Okay. It's like Scooby-Doo in real life with people who are not very talented (laughs) that are failed actors that make videos. Right. And if you know how long it takes to edit a video, you you kind of marvel at the amount of work they're putting into it Uh to be so bad, but kids love it. Okay. Anyway, the thing I noticed was all of these YouTubers, when they do something in a car and we're talking about, they're videos, Mark, that if I made you watch them, you would hate me. And you might hate me anyway, just thinking about it. But they all drive these really expensive cars, whether it's the biggest, best Tesla or, you know, Ferraris, uh, uh, Lamborghinis. That's right, the other. Yeah. The Lamborghini seems to be the one a lot of the YouTubers like. And we're, by the way, I'm talking about YouTubers that are like 20 years old. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so when I see a story about a Bugatti, I'm thinking, I don't know how to pronounce the whole thing, okay? <laughs> but I bet these YouTubers have them, and they just use them. They have, like, seven of these, right? Right. And they just, this is my Monday Bugatti. This is my Tuesday Bugatti, uh, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah. anyway, so when I see a story about something like that, that's what I think of now. 20-year-olds that have no respect for money, they do have a respect for hard work because I know they are working hard, mm. but they make a lot of money doing this. Yeah. And I, I don't. I don't know how to cash in, Mark. I don't know how to do it. I have Can't we thing. figure this out? Yeah, Come I, on. I see these people. Um, there are, and you know, I follow, I follow some of these travel vloggers yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And some of these guys are making a lot of money. I was watching yeah. these guys talking about how they got busted for flying their drone someplace the other day. Right. You have to have a special license to do that because you're making money right. with it, right? If you're, if you're a vlogger. Well, <clears throat> they, uh, they said the first time, this is the second time they've gotten busted for it. And they have the licensing. It, what it is mm-hmm. is that somebody just reports them. Oh, they're flying a drone and making money. And, and mm-hmm. some Karen out there has decided to just turn them in, right? right. And they said, they said the first time this happened, we made enough money off of that particular, the, uh, our follow-up video, talking about the process of getting licensed and all the th- stuff we went through. We made enough money off of that one to pay for our Hawaii trip. I wonder where we're going this time. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. Up next, we'll tell you about a car that you can't afford. And if you could afford it, you wouldn't drive it this fast. (laughs) 
liferadio.fm, the Market Mag Show. Got sidetracked a few minutes yeah. ago talking about a Bugatti just because of <laughs> the YouTubers. But yeah. I, and Mark, every time, you know, every time I mentioned a LaDonna about the YouTube people that make a lot of money, she goes, yeah. why don't you and Mark do that? And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, you don't realize that, first of all, in order to do a video that is so bad, you have people like me mocking it. <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. Uh-huh. I'd be too embarrassed. And it's like, these people just have no shame. And they're, they're, their audience are they're five-year-old kids yep and it's like i could do that mark we could i look like everybody's pawpaw uh-huh. i've had white hair since yeah. i was 30 i've been you know what when i go to a park little kids line up to sit in my lap <laughs> i mean it's just i'm that guy and and i'm the one and, that goes ah come on stop and that's the problem if we made yes. videos for kids before long somebody'd be making accusations about us and and yep. and children and, and no i'm not going there but the, and but you know what the best accusation they could make would be they're just doing it for the money and that's something we couldn't live with so, that's right now i probably wouldn't mind it as much if i was driving a brand new tesla right. but if we were still, if they, we were laughing all the way to the bank who cares yes. right but yeah. the thing is you know you do get to a certain point in time when you go yeah that the juice ain't worth the squeeze That's you know right. i just exactly. can't do it and yep. so i whenever i watch those and i'm not knocking anybody who does youtube videos okay i'm not i think it's a fascinating thing yeah and knowing the amount of time it takes to create yeah. something that people will watch yeah it's not easy and it looks easy but it, anytime somebody can make something look easy that really isn't i give them credit even mm-hmm. if i don't like the work they produce yeah and there are oh, all right very quick when we were at the beach this past summer okay i think yeah. i told you this we're walking um we had gone out to dinner and we were walking back towards our hotel and there was an outdoor patio where people were eating and there was a family and they had children about the age of uh, Braylon. And we glance over and one of the kids uh, sitting at the table. It used to, when you sat at the table with children, they were coloring. You know, the people would hand out the coloring thing. Yeah. N- they don't do that now because kids are watching their iPad or their mom's phone or something, you know, mm-hmm. or their own phone. Yeah. And these kids were watching these ninja things that Braylon <laughs> watched at the time. Right. The, teenage, yeah. the spy ninjas is what it is. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. We all stopped for just a moment. And there was a brief moment of... <gasps> Somebody else is watching this too. Okay. They're the same age as Braylon. Now I, a, I don't feel like a bad grandpa. Right. Yeah. B, these people are much bigger than I thought. C, why didn't Mark and I do this? (laughs) And you know, you can always spot the family where the mom lets the kids watch stuff on her phone. You can always spot that family because that mom has got the biggest, heaviest, most protective case on her phone you've ever seen in your life. It's the big bulky number, you know, because she's had so many of them broken and cracked and smashed from kids throwing them on the floor. <laughs> she's spending as much on the case as she does on the phone now. You go from preaching to meddling, boy, stop. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mag show got sidetracked a couple of times yeah it's easy for us <laughs> but i'm not going to go back into youtube videos again mark right, yeah. just because there are a whole slew of them that really freak me out and if yeah. i could i could talk about them all day long yeah. because again you know i keep going back to the, the amount of work that it takes to do videos on there yeah and it's funny some people actually do think that it's a career choice, you know, that they're going to, they actually go to college now to think about how they can be a social media influencer, whatever. Mm, yeah. And one thing I did think of is that while that is a possible career, it's not, or, or it's a possible option for making money. As far as careers go, you know, learning how to produce and create content is a valuable asset in your life because it will work in pretty much anywhere you go, any business retailers in particular that need to market their products. If you can find a way to creatively create content, you know, that can go viral and can be used. Yeah. You've got a real, you've got a real market there. You've got a real option. However, (laughs) that's not what a lot of people are thinking when they go to college. And what we used to take was like you, (laughs) you would take radio and TV classes or whatever. Okay. And that was a bad enough degree. You got a degree (laughs) in what broadcasting really? (laughs) You realize that anybody who really 
wanted to be a broadcaster, they're already doing it, right? Right. And they're laughing at you for spending four years of your life working on Tuesdays and Thursdays doing chainsaw rock at the college station. Mm -hmm. And now you think you're going to make six figures in the real world? No, you're going to work at WPID in Piedmont, Alabama (laughs) doing sign-ons at 6 a.m. And we're going to pay you less than minimum wage because we're not, you know, that's a reality. But now they actually do have classes when they take those classes they're all about creating content Mm. which again it's fascinating but as a career choice it's just it's kind of crazy yeah but i could probably talk my way into it Mm. it's just so (laughs) it's so time consuming though mark you know you really do have a like okay there's a guy online mr something or other oh i know who Um, you're talking about yeah beast mr beast yes yeah he's out of greenville north carolina and okay i a very quick sidebar I owned a radio station. I was part owner of a radio station in Greenville back in the day. Okay. It was a bankrupt radio station. And they said, we'll give you half of it if you can resurrect it. That's Uh how I became part owner of a station. Okay. And so when I found this Mr. Beast, I found him because I was actually looking for a specific video about that geographical area. And I found this guy and I'm like, Hey, he's right by my old house. What's he doing? You Mm -hmm. know? And that caught me. And then I realized this is a kid who a young man, now he actually broke down how YouTube videos go viral and figured out how to do it. Hmm. And that was, I mean, he spent a lot of time doing it. And you know, the first video he did, you know what he did, Mark? What? He actually videoed himself, filmed himself counting to a million, just oh, counting yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow. And his whole thing was it, it went viral. Millions of people watched it and it made money. And that's what he broke down this this way of making videos have. And that's what he does now. And so rather than just take the money, you know, and, and bank it or whatever, he gives it away. Hmm. Now, when he gives away, like he'll do a whole thing where he's giving away briefcases filled with $100,000. Like if you can kick this football 18 yards into that bowl, you know, you'll get $100,000 or whatever. And oftentimes he'll he'll do the games that are something you would look at and go, I could do that or I could try. Right. Or he'll he'll hide a uh, he'll hide keys to a brand new car in a circle and give you three hours to find the keys and mm. the car's yours, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, when he gives away the money or the car or whatever, you realize the video itself that he's making is going to have enough views that it's going to make enough money to do two of those. Right. And so him giving away money and houses and things like that, each one of those things actually pays for itself and then some yeah it's just it's an amazing algorithm they use with youtube and what have you to create these things and he broke it down and you know and good for him i looked at the net worth you know what is this guy worth it's not nearly what one would think because he gives away so much of it right and again it feeds itself the more he gives away the more he makes right and i just realized that he took the whole idea of trick-or-treating and halloween And made it go viral. The more you get, the more you give. The, there you go. So the house that's giving away the Reese's peanut butter cups is a whole lot better than the one giving away the ball of popcorn. People keep going back to that one. Yep. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And before I get into another YouTube diatribe or social, just please. For all that's good and decent, for the love, Mark, please tell me about a guy driving a Bugatti yeah. too fast. And while driving his Bugatti Veyron in 2015, businessman Radim Passer was able to run the hypercar up to its top speed while dodging stray traffic on the speed limitless road, the Autobahn. Uh, he hit 250 miles an hour in his car, but this wasn't enough for him. So late last year, he set out to break his previous record with his new Bugatti Chiron. It's safe to say he beat it, hitting a top speed of 259.1 miles per hour on a public highway. Now here, you have to remember, this is completely legal. The A2, the Autobahn, the road uh, used for this run, hasn't. he doesn't have a speed limit. It's known around the world as somewhere you can take your car to the peak of its performance in a straight line anyway. But now Germany's transport ministry has criticized this driver and is accusing him of putting other drivers in danger after he posted a video of his stunt to, uh uh-oh, YouTube. 
<laughs> no, no, please, no. <laughs> despite the no, run, Mark, no. Now you have to go find it, don't you? <laughs> despite oh, the run taking place at 4.50 a.m., where there's barely any traffic on the road, the transport ministry said in a statement it doesn't condone driving at such high speeds on its public roads. It says it rejects any behavior in road traffic that leads or can lead to endangering road users. Well, then why do they have a a no speed limit on the Autobahn? Because that's just encouraging it anyway, right? Passer estimated to be worth over $300 million. And he's the Czech Republic's 33rd richest person in the country. By the way, the car he bought, $3.3 million. This be That's Chiron. Yeah, three point three. Why don't we have two of those, Mark? <laughs> That's right. He's now being accused of breaking the following law: law. <clears throat> Anyone participating in traffic must have behave in such a way that no other person is harmed, endangered, or obstructed or inconvenienced more than is on un- than is unavoidable under the circumstances. Uh-huh. Uh Both videos yeah. show this guy telling his viewers that safety was a priority, so the circumstances had right. to be safe to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, the one thing about these areas that don't have a uh, speed limit, okay, whether it's in uh, Montana, Wyoming, or, you know, Germany, is that you there is a catch to it, that the conditions for the road, you know? Mm, yeah. And that's something you don't ever actually hear about. They do have some conditions on being able to drive like that. But still, I would like to go on the Autobahn because mm. I've been on 459 in Birmingham. <laughs> I've been on 280 in Atlanta. I've been on the Beltline in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh-huh. I can do it. <laughs> Mark and Mac Mornings, only on liferadio.fm. Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Mark, you know, when we were growing up, and we've talked about back in the day, not having cable or mm-hmm. anything else, you know, where you had three channels plus PBS. Right. Well, there were oftentimes channels, there were two dials on the TV, and there was the big one that had uh, channels zero to 13 or whatever. Right. And then you had the bottom one that went zero to a thousand, you right, know? Yeah. And hmm. that was the channel where you would find like channel 46 or whatever. And it had, you know, it was an independent station, usually locally owned and they ran old things like the little rascals. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And so there were shows then that you and I grew up watching because there was no, there was no network for cartoons. You know, the reason Gilligan's Island and, and Brady Bunch and things like that became popular is because kids had to watch something when they got home from school. Mm. And that was what they would put on. But some of us found the little rascals <laughs> and we learned how to do all kinds of interesting things like building a homemade go-kart where yeah. the brakes were, well, the brake was usually a piece of a two by four scrap that you nailed into the side of the wooden you know frame and yeah. you pulled back on. That was your brake yep. until it fell off. And then your secondary brake or the emergency brake, that was the biggest tree you could find. <laughs> that was the way you stopped. So whenever... Whenever I see a story that says runaway go-kart, I remember telling my friends, I'll get up front and steer. You guys do the break and going down the biggest hill we could find, Mm -hmm. not even thinking that there's a stop sign at the bottom of the hill for a reason because there's traffic coming the other way. That's right. We didn't even bother to send a lookout down there, you know, nothing like that. It was just, if you can't stop before you get to it, aim for the oak, you know? So anyway, so the headline screams runaway go-kart and my memory is like i remember that Mm -hmm. and you know what we didn't have helmets back then either gang i know yeah i know or seatbelts well on a snowy january 15th just after noon home security video captured a go-kart driving and stopping in the residential neighborhood in centerton arkansas the driver comes to a stop at an intersection where it appears the go-kart stalls the driver wearing a brown jacket sits and appears to puzzle over their options before getting out and attempting to restart their ride after the sixth tug on the pull start the driverless go-car springs to life and takes off directly towards a home oh no gaining speed the go-kart ramps up the driveway and slams into a garage door (laughs) the driver places their hands on their head seemingly in shock and runs after the go-kart Another home security camera captures the second the go-kart smashes into the garage door. You see the driver sprint up and pull the go-kart from the garage. Then, with the cart's wheels still spinning, it takes off again. This time, with the driver hanging on tight. 
Security video shows the driver being dragged across the driveway into the yard behind the cart. After knocking out a yard sign and taking a 90-degree turn, it finally comes to a stop. The driver appears to assess what just happened and takes off back in the direction they came. The Centerton Police Department posted on his Facebook page two videos and photos of the driver in hopes they can be identified. <laughs> Police are looking for the driver of the go-kart, which caused nearly $1,000 in damage to the garage. Wow. Dude. <laughs> well, again, I get it. I understand it. But it, I want to know how old this person is. If they're an adult, you write the check. If yeah. they're a kid... Give them an option, okay? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. You know, Mark spent last week in Disney. We talked about this. Yeah. But you had rain and cold temps all week, which was just, it wasn't even funny. Just, it's just sad, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. But <laughs> I told you, every, there's an old joke about the guy who went on vacation and came back and his buddy at work says, so how was the vacation? Yeah, it was terrible. It rained the whole time. He said, well, it couldn't have rained the whole time. It looks like you got a nice tan. And he says, that's not a tan. That's rust. <laughs> yeah. So, but in Florida, they've had this iguana thing going on for a yeah. while where at first you think they look like mini dinosaurs, you know, and it's like, they look, yeah, why would you mess with them? You know, yeah. don't eat them. Just, yeah. But, but they really have taken over. They're everywhere now. Yeah, they are. And the weather in Florida recently has been so cold that those iguanas, they've fallen from the trees now. <laughs> <laughs> On Sunday, South Florida was 25, 25 degrees. That's wow. what the National Weather Service is. It made it the coldest temperatures in the area for over a decade. But Global let me stop warming. here. Let me stop here and say in a decade, which means it has happened before. So of don't, course it has. So don't think this is man-made global warming or man-made climate change. This has happened before, just not in the last yeah. decade or so once temperatures drop below 50 degrees though iguanas eh, they get kind of sluggish iguanas are cold-blooded they need the sun as well as natural heat from their surroundings to stay warm and if they get cold which is what happened over the weekend they can freeze and they fall mm -hmm. into a coma if they're resting in trees when this happens they all lose their grip and then they fall while the phenomena can seem frightening many iguanas will not die because of this, mm. they, many are going to stay alive and later out, they'll thaw later. They'll thaw out and the temperatures are rising again. They'll be fine. The national weather service reassured residents that this is normal for iguanas zoo, Miami communications director, Ron McGill says uh, that the survival rate depends on the size of the iguana. He says the bigger ones, eh, the longer, the bigger they are, the longer they can tolerate the cold. <laughs> the iguanas are in the cold for longer than eight hours. Eh, that well. can result in death, especially for the but younger ones. Thought that was kind of what Florida Floridians were hoping for. I mean, just scoop them up and throw them away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. Build a bonfire, wake them up as they burn to death. That's all I'm saying. Because you know, when you look at somebody's yard, you know, yeah. and you you just look at it at first, and it looks green, and you look a you look a little closer, and you realize something's moving. It ain't the wind blowing the blades of grass. Those are all iguanas. You know, that's how bad it is there. Uh, well, think about this. You, you, you go outside, you're finding these iguanas are covering your lawn and you pick one up and take it in the house. Don't do that. Don't because when it warms up, you now have a live and very active iguana inside your house, which is why I say build the bonfire, start throwing, <laughs> you know? LifeRadio.fm, it's the Mark and Mag Show, where uh, on the main website at LifeRadio.fm, you know, you've got the daily Bible reading. You can join us. Today is February 1st, so if you want, um, let's just say you forgot, you know, and you didn't pick up, you can start today and just pick up where we are today mm -hmm. or go back and start a month behind. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just, yeah. you know, whatever you want to do, just join us in the daily Bible reading. You, you won't forget. It's a Bible in a year, okay? Right. Now... You can forget about doing a lot of things in life, but I'm just spitballing here that most of us, well, we haven't forgot a child at the grocery store. <laughs> now, I can see you forget them, you know, in different scenarios. Yeah. But a grocery store? Come on. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that. But while out grocery shopping, customers at a store were left stunned by an expected, unexpected find in a supermarket buggy. An unnamed shopper and several others came across a four-month-old baby boy sitting in a car seat in a buggy with his parents seemingly nowhere in sight. As reported by The Sun, 
the child's parents had managed to drive home with their shopping before they realized they forgot the little boy. Locals found the tot at a supermarket in um, in Brazil where they were quick to inform security guards and the police. When the police arrived at the scene, the baby's parents had returned and t- they told the officers how they left the store, put their groceries into the car, and then drove home without putting their son into the car as well. And they added that they rushed back to the supermarket parking lot when they realized what they had done. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of things surprised me. Yes. They actually have food on the shelves in Brazil. <laughs> you know. That's one. Yeah. The other one was that we actually have a story coming out of Brazil where people didn't die on cocaine, you know, and killing one another. Oh, no. Well, I mean, what I think about South America. I know. That's what I think about. And I know that's a very small part, you know, of the. but because I'm an American, I just think of cliches. So. Yes. <laughs> And now you'll think of people leaving, <laughs> leaving yeah. their children in shopping carts. And wondering the if the kid was wearing like something bright yellow with a blue hat, you know, that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And there was an episode of Big Bang Theory when it, towards the end of the series when they were uh, the Sheldon and Leonard and Howard were working on a government project. Yeah. And. Um, the government took it away from them yes. and they go and they show up in their eye and they show up in the office. Everything's gone. Yeah. The lab and, is empty. Yeah. Yeah. And so they go home and they're just really commiserating about this horrible news, you know, and they actually walk into an apartment and everything's gone. Yeah. And it's like, <gasps> they're erasing us, you know, uh-huh. like, Oh no, wrong apartment. Wrong <laughs> yeah. floor. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, it happened in real life, too. It did, in the when U.K. When a thief moved a woman's entire apartment. Yeah, in the, in the U.K., a, a man robbed a woman's apartment. He cleaned the place out, took absolutely everything, except he left her engagement ring. <laughs> Can you imagine you walk in, you, you unlock the door, walk in, and there's nothing in there, but there's your ring laying on the floor in the middle of the apartment. The police showed up to investigate, found a man asleep next door in what used to be a vacant apartment, only it wasn't vacant now. The guy had moved everything from the victim's apartment into the empty one next door and was now taking a nap on her couch. Well, wait a minute now. <laughs> Finders keepers. <laughs> Possession is nine, nine tenths of the law. <laughs> you weren't using it. You know. um, <laughs> and you know what? You're thinking, why would somebody do that to yeah. a neighbor? I mean, if you're going to steal, because most of us don't know our neighbors. I've never That's been true. inside the house next door or over there. Or over there. I mean, you know, yeah. I wouldn't know them. Yeah. LaDonna told me about uh, a friend of ours, a friend in air quotes, you know, their son was getting married. Mm-hmm. I don't know who she's talking about. She goes, dude, we've lived on the same street for 25 years. <laughs> really? <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mag show you know a couple of minutes ago when we were talking about not you know i made a joke about not knowing neighbors and stuff yeah um Ladonna knows everybody in our neighborhood just like i'm sure jane knows everybody in your neighborhood yeah, i think she does and yeah i told Ladonna, you know a lot of times when we, i go somewhere it's like i need Ladonna to go to tell me how i know people you know <laughs> it's not that i don't care or anything else it's just i i just don't care no i mean i care i just you know I don't care enough. Your brain prioritizes other things. I did. You know, we're like name episodes tag. of the Brady Bunch and things like that. There's well, no they, room in there for the neighbors' names. No, people are going to engage in a conversation. And it's like, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, really? No. Actually, you know what it is? <laughs> if we all had name tags, it would be better for me. But, you yes. know, I found out, you know, LaDonna tells me stuff about neighbors all the time. And mm. I'm not kidding, Mark. I got so tired of her saying, Dave, how do you not know blah, blah, blah? <laughs> I'm, well, so now I just agree. Oh, yeah really oh <laughs> really hmm because i remember what she looked like 20 years ago right you know <laughs> when billy got in trouble for talking to her but that was a long time ago you know and when her kid was eight and now he's pushing 30 you know and they're yep. he's getting married and we got invited to the uh, wedding and I'm like but do i even know him yeah. yes you watched him grow up actually no i didn't you know i didn't watch him grow up i saw him grow up i didn't watch but, so, which one's his mom? Oh. Ooh. 
wow. <laughs> Man, she kind of let herself go, didn't she? Last, last time I paid attention, oh that goodness. ain't what she looked like. But, you know, you feel kind of bad. I've been thinking, Billy caught grief for that? Really? And Billy's been dead for 10 years. I'm being kidding. I, I don't know how long Billy's been dead, but, you know. But you do know he is dead, so. Well, yeah. You got that I'm not going alive, for you. Dude, I know the guys, you know, I know the guys in my neighborhood. Look, I've been married long enough to know if I know the guys in my neighborhood, I'm okay. If I know their wife or significant other, that's true. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah, So no, I, okay. So I just named, I was okay. The pudgy one that lives with Fred. Okay. Gotcha. liferadio.fm the mark and mag show and you know mark when i was growing up and yeah. you too you remember give a hoot don't pollute right yes woodsy the owl mm-hmm. and you remember the uh well we used to call them indians or redskins now we call mm-hmm. them native americans right. and actually you know they should just be americans the rest of us are the people who should have the hyphen mm-hmm. but anyway i remember that uh, native american gentleman standing on the side of the road with the old teardrop coming down his mm-hmm. face as people yeah. threw trash and laugh yeah. you know and uh, I think about that whenever we have these, uh, you know, message in a bottle stories. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. why are we celebrating somebody who threw their trash in the ocean and was so stupid they put a message in there saying, <laughs> my name's Fred. Come, you know, we, shouldn't we sue them for throwing their trash in the water? Mm, I don't know. Where did this? Tr- or where wait did a this, Yeah. When does trash cease to be trash and becomes a message in a bottle? Hmm. Maybe when it's intentional, you know, I, I'd like yeah, to know well, when it started. Who started this? Every time I've thrown trash in the dump, it's been intentional, Mark. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, Elena Andresen Haga, I, whatever, said, <laughs> said uh, she and her son, Elia, were walking on the beach in Gasvare when they found a bottle with a letter inside. Um, this is in Norway. They opened the, the bottle. Yeah. Where were they? Norway. Norway? Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, they opened the bottle and discovered the note had been written in 1996 by a girl named Joanna Bucken. The later the, the letter, hello, said the bottle was thrown into the water from a fishing boat off the coast of Peterhead, about 800 miles from where it ended up. The letter, written as part of a school project, featured the author's opinions on school, her dog, teddy bears, and her rather big house and other subjects. The letter concluded, by the way, I hate boys. Ah, how funny. Agra <laughs> found the bottle in 2020 and tracked Buchan down on Facebook, but she didn't discover the message request. She, as in Buchan, didn't discover the message request until last week. She says, I vaguely remember doing a message in a bottle at Peterhead Central School that we sent off Peterhead in 1996. Uh, she says she's now working as a doctor in Australia. Uh, oh, she wow. Sa- she said uh, reading the letter was a window into her own young mind. She says, when I read it, I just died laughing. There's some really lovely lines in there, like what was important to me at the time. I wish I could tell my teachers of the time whose idea uh, it would have been. Uh, Haga said she was happy to have finally connected with the message's author. She said she's not the first person in her family to make such a discovery. She says, my father also found a message in a bottle when he was around five, and now he's 66. So that's quite some time ago, but in the same area. So this Hmm. is like it's normal to have things washed up on shore, but it's not very often that you find something with this kind of significance. Wow. Hmm. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) 25 years. I hate boys. (laughs) <laughs> that's cute yeah she said i'm thinking though you know somebody could sue her she's a doctor in australia you know she's got to have some coin i mean she's throwing her trash in the ocean you know <laughs> well i know you know if, if somebody will go back and check your high school yearbook for for comments or things like that to try to get you axed from a job why not oh, go yeah. back to 1996 yeah. to see what there she you threw go. in the water huh Oh, yeah. (laughs) LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And, Mark, over the course of our lifetime, you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago about people going back into your high school yearbook to Mm -hmm. find things, you know, that you said back in the day and hold them against you now. It's interesting because back in the day, Billy Barty, was a an actor um or entertainer uh he was very small he was uh, back then i th- think we called him midgets you yes, know yeah. somebody that was short 
Um, and there was a difference between a midget and a dwarf. And then somewhere along the line, and I'm guessing it wasn't them, but people had a meeting and decided they're called little people now, oh, yeah. which I thought that was an insult. Mark, I, I mean, that the first time I heard somebody referred to as a little person, right. I thought that just that's just wrong. They're not little. They're, you know, their size is anyway. It just bothered me because I thought we're not really making fun or mocking somebody for being small. You're just trying to give an identifier to them. That yes. There is a difference, and if you've ever worked around somebody who had some type of an issue like that, you know that in, I had a, a guy that worked for me one time, and he had a number of issues. He, was, uh, he had a type of dwarfism, but I can't remember what it was, but it was very painful for him, hmm. and he needed a lot of accommodations, and I, I worked with him uh, to make these things you know, happen for him. Anyway, the, his life was different. He explained it to me how his life was different than that of a midget because of the the different medical things he had versus somebody who just happened to be small and like, kind of like humunculus, humunculus, uh, isn't that how it's pronounced? Mm, the, you know, know, perfectly formed little person. Okay. Anyway, Peter Dinklage, who has become a very rich, uh, famous actor. Mm -hmm. He's a dwarf, yeah. but he doesn't play, um, leprechauns and things like that. He's an actor yes. and he has made quite a stir recently over comments about things that, you know, he just, uh, he thinks are wrong, doesn't like. And he talked about, you know, when he was a starving actor that he wouldn't take roles, the jobs playing a, uh, um, oh, a leprechaun or whatever, you know, or right, an elf. Yeah. And I'm like, but he, that was his call. Okay. Yeah. He, he didn't take advantage of his physical stature to make money. Right. He was an actor yeah. and uh, good for you. But you realize other people don't have the same talent and ability, and they're mm. going to make money because of their size, you know? Yeah. That's, that's anyway. actually kind of interesting considering the part he played in the movie Elf, you know, because that yeah. whole thing, that the, the whole reason for him, that, that his whole thing was his size. Right, but he was the author. That was the thing. His, in that movie, yes, they did talk about him being short. I thought about that, too, by the way. That was the joke. When I first that saw was, his comments. Yeah, but that was. You're, the, you're that, from this. You must be a South Pole elf. Right. Remember? But that was, but, the, that was the reason for him being there was yeah. because of his size. That was. No, the reason he was actually in the movie Elf, he, he was a writer. He was a children's author. And that's why they brought him in. Yes. But if the he. The punchline was Woody, or, you know, the character yeah, in Elf. Yes, yes. But if he hadn't been that small it wouldn't have been a gag and that was the, no the whole but he point. talked yeah. about how he was rich and famous and yes. had whatever and yes you know he was basically and then he beats the crap out of buddy the elf yeah, that's right yes yeah so <laughs> he's an angry anyway <laughs> now a number yeah you're an angry elf um now dwarf <laughs> actors are really criticizing dinklage now mm -hmm. um for labeling disney's snow white remake yes. as backwards yeah and uh suggesting that he is taking away dream roles from little people. Mm -hmm. Now, I think if I'm not mistaken, Disney put that Snow White remake in turnaround. They're not doing it now. They, I think they were, yeah, they had changed the casting decisions from what I understand. Well, so what are we supposed to do now? Not have, I don't know, elves and, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, if you we're what, going to be, you know, what'll happen is that they won't cast, they won't cast people with dwarfism or little people in the roles is they'll use a CGI or some right. sort of, some sort of, of camera tricks or something yeah. to make them look small compared right. to adults. Like they did the same thing in elf, you know, with, uh, with buddy sitting in, uh, in yeah. uh, Bob Newhart's lap and things like right. that. They did the same, same sort of tricks. They'll do the same kind of thing well, with this. And then little, and then people, but that seems insulting. I, well, here's the thing the little people will be out of a job because, because of right. what, what Dinklage has done, which, and they're mad at him right. for doing in, that right In now, the yeah. movie, in the movie, Fred Claus, yeah. one of the main characters in the film, well, actually that played, uh, you know, Fred's buddy, uh, his, his friend, an elf friend in the movie, um, was actually a normal sized actor that they used digital stuff to make yeah, him yeah. small. Yeah. So, and so that cost somebody a job right there. Yeah. Okay, so Dinklage, uh, anyway, I, it, he's catching some backward stuff on it. What, yeah, what kind of caught my attention is while this is going on, um, on my Facebook feed, I'm seeing advertisements for like a whole wrestling thing, and I, but I don't, I, I don't know what it's called, but they're all small. Okay, oh my, back gosh. in the day, we, they, like, you remember dwarf tossing and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay, 
it's kind of like that, but it's like it's all yeah. They they used to just call wrestling. it they used to just call it midget wrestling, right? I don't yeah. know, if, and that's I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure if that's what it's called now. But I they know. have a whole organization now, like you know, you have the WWE, right? They have something like that for the little people wrestlers. But I I saw the ad on on my Facebook where they were going to be. Oh no! And like I I, I just thought. No, this has got to be a joke. It can't be real. I mean, I think if you go and pay money to go see that, somebody's uh, going to follow you back to work, and they're going to out you, you know? You're not keeping that gig. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and, you know, finding our way to get... Okay, for those of you listening to the podcast, this is the part that's going to be going viral, okay? Just so you know. Ay, ay, ay. But I did look it up, Mark, yes. and um, it is there are two different things about small person, little people wrestling. Yes. It is the Micro Wrestling Federation, and then there is the EMW. And what could that and possibly stand for? Or the EDW is Extreme Dwarfinators Wrestling. Yeah. Well, neither one of those is insulting at all. No. And then there's the extreme midget wrestling. <laughs> so you've got your choices, you oh know, as to how offended you're going to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> the baddest little show on earth, you know. If they're playing That's really, what it, well, aren't they playing really big cities? Uh, like this weekend, Lincoln, Alabama. Actually, it was in Gadsden. It reminded me of that Drop Dead Gorgeous, you know, <laughs> in Lincoln, Alabama. Oh, my that gosh. Extreme Dwarfinators Wrestling, where everybody is a, is a, a little person, including the referee. <laughs> and uh, Didn't you tell me the venue they were playing held, you know, would seat like oh, yeah. 300 people? <laughs> yeah, it was like the Pittman Theater. Oh, gosh. But I'm looking for their tour dates just so that, you know, um, and then there's another one, midgets with attitudes. That's oh kind God. of an interesting, uh, wow. Yeah. So I, again, I'm not mocking them. I'm just, no. you know, Peter Dinklage, you mentioned, you know, the guy it's like, it's one, I know he's famous and he's rich now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and he yeah. is, uh, he's a little person, but mm-hmm. to act like make remaking snow white is backwards somehow. Yeah. Well, they were the set it's snow white and the seven, what the seven dwarfs. dwarfs. Yes. It's not. It's not Snow White and the seven inbred rednecks. It's not Snow White yeah. and the seven giants. It's uh-huh. the seven dwarfs. From a guy who made a paycheck yes. by playing a little person mistaken a- for an elf. There you go. <laughs> but apparently he's cashed that paycheck, so it doesn't matter anymore. Mark, you got hey, Mark goes, yeah, they should send his residual checks, his mini checks. Mini you know? checks. Yeah. <laughs> So I understand why the other little people are mad. They're like, well, you know, spread the, share the love, man. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.